So Money Episode 140, Ask Farnoosh. You're listening to So Money with award-winning money guru, Farnoosh Torabi. Each day, get a 30-minute dose of financial inspiration from the world's top business minds, authors, influencers, and from Farnoosh herself. Looking for ways to save on gas or double your double coupons? Sorry, you're in the wrong place. Seeking profound ways to live a richer, happier life? Welcome to So Money. Welcome back to So Money, everyone. Sunday edition of Ask Farnoosh. Hope you're having a great weekend. I'm in San Francisco and we're having an early birthday party for my son who's turning one uh, in later in June. But being that we are now in uh, San Francisco with family, we thought we're going to celebrate a little bit early. So he's having cake today for the first time. Um, parents, you know what that's like. Uh, lots of, um, it's going to be, well, <laughs> I'm thinking of just like, Making him sit in his diaper with a bib because what's the point of putting on clothes if he's going to be eating this massive cake with frosting, right? Uh, Maybe that makes me a bad mom, but you know what? It's going to make for great pictures. So let's get right to it. I want to get back to the birthday party and I know you've got stuff to do this weekend. So um, let's get to it. Uh, Chantal says, no question, but I was just reading Business Insider and I saw the title, Nine Successful People Share the One Thing They Buy That Makes Their Lives Easier or Better. <laughs> and the first thing I thought was, sounds like Farnish wrote that title. And then I look at the author and of course, it sounds like you because it was your article, LOL. Yes, Chantal, that was actually a, a really great piece that uh, Business Insider kindly ran for me. And it was a compilation of, of answers from the podcast from guests like Tony Robbins and Tim Ferriss. Everyone check out that article. It was really fun to see the podcast in print like that with photos of the guests. And it was a really popular piece. I think something like a quarter of a million people checked it out. And so um, I'm thinking of doing something like that again, because it was a really great marketing vehicle, actually, for the podcast. People found out what, what you know, what So Money is and uh, and probably subscribed because of it. So thanks for reading it. And I, I saw that they were promoting it. And the article ran, you know, a while ago. So and it's coming back. It's surfacing again. So that's nice. Thanks for the comment. Anthony asks, I have a unique investment strategy as part of my overall financial plan that I was wondering if you could review. I've chosen 88 investments. Every six weeks, I buy about $1,100 of whichever chosen investment is the cheapest at the time. The only problem I foresee with this plan is that it would take over five years to create a fully diversified portfolio with all 88 investments. By the way, the investments are broken into small cap, mid cap, large cap, international, bonds, et cetera, and they are not all weighted equally. All right. So Anthony, you know, I am not really in a position to comment specifically on your strategy. Uh, I would reserve that for a certified financial analyst because I'm not an investment expert. I'm not licensed. I'm not qualified to really say whether your approach is smart or not, especially without more information. But I appreciate the question. I do, I will say this, I do uh, like the idea in general of going for a diversified approach with any investment portfolio. And, and it seems like you're doing this sort of dollar cost averaging uh, where you're investing a little bit at a time, which as we know, that approach is also recommended because it's going to ultimately re- reduce the risk of a substantial loss if the stock market takes a nosedive. And you know, one other way you might want to approach 
the investment strategy, not to get too specific, but is to maybe take that same amount of money that you're putting towards the investments every month at $1,100 and put it towards all the investments, across all the investments if possible. So you said that you're doing like one, whatever's cheapest at the time, that's what you're investing in. But have you considered maybe um, doing it so that you're investing in a basket and um, it's not that the mix is going to um, be very big, you know, because maybe $1,100 doesn't get much. Uh, if you're going across all assets, but it's one way to get to that diversification a little sooner, perhaps. Um, and I don't know if the mix that you have is necessarily the right one or a good one. And again, for that, it may be worth sitting down with a certified financial analyst for an hour or two, paying by the hour and picking their brain and saying, you know, where can I make this more efficient? So good question. I'm happy that you are investing. I'm happy that you're asking this question. I hope my advice was a bit helpful, but for more in-depth analysis, go with a certified financial analyst. Tom writes in, and Tom, I believe in, you and I went to college, correct? I think we have shared a few classes and both went to Penn State. He's been a, a great listener to the show, and I'm excited to share his comment and question here. He says, Farnoosh, I know you said on the show recently that you wished listeners would follow up on whether they followed advice you offered. Yes. So I just wanted to say right in today without with two quick things. One, on the earliest of, uh, he says, on one of the earliest Ask Farnoosh episodes, I asked about taking a personal finance course and you recommended that I pursue it. Well, I just finished an eight-week free one from Coursera and I helped tie together several concepts from your show. Really enjoyed the experience. Also wanted to let you know that about six weeks ago, I outsourced home cleaning to a local green cleaning firm. All right. High five. He says, they do an amazing job, and I'm so happy to have more of my weekend to not have to focus on household chores. Thanks again for the advice. Awesome, Tom. Um, slam dunk times two. That was great. So you took the course, and I'm happy to say that it was free. Happy to learn it was free. Coursera, everyone. Check it out. And um, yeah, isn't outsourcing uh, domestic drudgery the best? Uh, I'm a big fan of that. So I'm glad that you have joined the club. And he has a question, too. He says, I'm interested in a new role in my company. My career has progressed quickly for my age, and if selected for the new role, I will be quite young compared to my peers. With that in mind, I believe I'm also on the lower side of the pay scale. You've said that salary negotiations should be based on knowing what you're worth to the firm. How can I think through the process of coming up with that figure? So Tom, I would say that first step is you want to find out exactly how low you think you are on that pay scale. Um, did you know that you're entitled to know actually this information? If I were you, I'd make an appointment with human resources to seek what is known as your salary range or your salary band. Every position at most big to medium, medium-sized to big companies, they have a designated salary range for each position. And it's information that you're entitled to receive. HR might say that, well, for your given job, the salary could be, and I'm just saying, I'm throwing out some random numbers here, could be between 50000 and 80000 and you might be earning, say, 55000 despite the fact that you're, you've brought tremendous value to the company, that you've been promoted twice. And that's very telling. That could be potentially very telling for you. It's information that will come in handy as you negotiate. And your boss, I guarantee this, will be a little surprised to learn that you know this because it's not like HR is going around and handing out this information. It's something that employers, that employees just need to know that they're qualified to 
to get that it's just information that employees should know that they're entitled to to know and they should be proactive and ask. And as you think through your salary discussions for this new role, I would try to find out what the salary range is for this new role. You may not be entitled to that information since it's not a job that you currently have, but maybe you can look it up on sites like Payscale or Glassdoor.com. Or if you're especially close to a coworker in a more senior role than you, and you know you feel like you, you there's a comfort level there to ask them to ask HR about their personal salary range and maybe relay that to you without disclosing what they make, but saying, hey, John, Jill, um, did you know that you could find out your salary range? Can you go ask HR what that is? I'd be curious to know. I did it for I did it for myself, and I found out that I'm I can earn anywhere between fifty and one hundred fifty thousand dollars. And you know, it's not like you're getting too personal because you're not asking them for their salary, but just like kind of what their position could potentially earn from lowest to highest, and that could give you another some other intel as you're thinking through this. It may and and that may not give you an apples to apples comparison, but it it's just maybe helpful information. Uh, knowing what the company is willing to pay at a maximum for a particular position is priceless information. It can be excellent context as you think about how much you believe you deserve to make. And so that would be my advice for you. Good luck. I'm excited that you're up for this new role. And as I say, keep us posted. Thanks everyone for tuning in this Sunday. And uh, we got a great lineup of guests for you in the coming week. Make sure to check right back here tomorrow on So Money. And in the meantime, I hope your day is so money. So money.